to Mind Body Stuff. <laughs> I'm Kaylee. <laughs> I'm Bernice. Um, we are excited because we have a very special guest joining us today, Erin Erickson. Can you say hello? Hello. Thank hello. you for having me. Aww. We're so happy you're here. Um, thank you guys who are listening for um, tuning in last week to our episode on mental health. It's a massive topic and um it's just so important that we keep talking about it and um just trying to help remove that that stigma or the 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 veil that keeps us from being open and honest about the fact that it affects so many of us and there's nothing wrong with talking about it and with exploring our own mental health and to be able to do that in community with you all is so um it's just so appreciated. So thank you to everyone who's shared their feedback and comments. Yeah, it was really special to hear from everybody and to know that the podcast was well received. And again, it's really important that we continue to talk about this. We don't want to get this buried again. We need to always bring mental health up to the surface. We're all affected by it. We all have periods of our lives where we may not feel mentally well, and that's okay. And that's why we have each other to talk about and talk with. Um, speaking of talking with, we're so excited that Erin is our first guest on our podcast. Um, when we decided that we wanted to bring guests on occasionally, um, it was kind of a no-brainer who we wanted to bring on. So thanks for being our guest. We both were like, who should it be? And then we were like, Erin Erickson. Erickson. <laughs> so um, for those of you who don't know Erin, um, a little quick bio about her. She is mother to Beatrice and Henry. She's wife of 19 years to her best friend and biggest agitator, <laughs> George. George. Um, she's a managing partner in a civil litigation law firm. She's the founder and director of Missoula Rises Organization and Action Founded in Love a dedicated Ulican, champion of women's rights, specifically in the workplace, firm believer in the power of revolutionary love to affect change. Can you see why we invited Erin on to our show? Why would we want her? <laughs> um, so yes, thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Erin, um, do you want to maybe just start by um, telling us your relationship with Ula or how, how, how we all found each other? Yes. So I will um, first say that the reason that you're able to read that biography the way that you are is in large part because of my relationship with Ula. Um, so I'm able to really own a lot of those aspects and not be um, embarrassed to put them out there and feel proud of my accomplishments. So um, I started dancing with Ula in 2013. Um, just was it here at the studio? Um, no, it was before the studio. Okay. And I used yeah. to dance at Mismo. Yeah. I know. I like logged in to see when you started and it was like right at the beginning, 2013. Yeah. It was like yeah. April, 2013. Yep. I remember when the studio opened. Um, and interestingly enough, I used, I was actually really afraid to come to the studio at first. Um, <laughs> because I had, um, built Ula instructors up to be these beautiful, fit, amazing 
charismatic, magnetic <laughs> um, <laughs> women that I didn't feel like I would really ever fit in with. And so I was really mm-hmm. scared to go. So I think my first class here, if I remember correctly, was the 6 a.m. class because mm-hmm. it was dark. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. yeah. Like and that's place. a nice time for working folks, I think, to it get is. their workout in yeah. before. And also to, like, hide in the dark. <laughs> yeah. Like, afraid to be <laughs> totally. Oh, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So, um, yeah, I found my favorite spot, that first class, uh-huh. and I have never strayed from it. Um, to oh, this yeah. day. That's your spot. <laughs> that is my totally spot. Totally your spot. <laughs> Even when I roll in like seven, eight minutes late and someone's there, I'm like, you're like, hi. Move, <laughs> move over. Um, yeah, so I started dancing there and then um, just really kind of kept to myself. And it wasn't until I became um, I became really involved with ULA when I went to the first ULA retreat in 2015, which mm-hmm. of course you guys facilitated. And in you, Mexico. In Mexico, in Baja. Yeah, yeah. in Baja. And it was that experience that like just started me on this path Mm -hmm. of figuring out my voice was always in there, but like being okay with it, Mm -hmm. accepting it Mm -hmm. and like projecting it out. So Ula was the catalyst for Mm -hmm. me to do that. So it's not only been a place for me to physically work out, Mm -hmm. it's actually been my space to learn who I am and be okay with that Mm -hmm. and be proud of it. So, Mm -hmm. oh, um, so what would you say about that retreat, um, like made a change or what, what do you think was the catalyst? So again, it goes back to me having a perception of ULA instructors because that retreat, I think I was the only person who went, who was not an instructor. Mm -hmm. So I remember feeling really scared. Like, what am I, why am I doing this? What am I doing? And thinking that you guys would all know each other. And I was so preoccupied. Um, I'm just going to be really honest here because that's what we should be doing. (laughs) Right. Um, Every time. I was really preoccupied with, before I went with losing weight, Mm -hmm. with trying to look the way the other instructors looked. Mm -hmm. I was preoccupied with figuring out how I was going to fit in and talk to you all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember showing up at the airport just I, I almost didn't want to go the night before because I was so anxious about it. Actually, it makes me yeah. anxious. Thinking I remember about you mm-hmm. telling me that. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I showed up and I was totally blown away just by how welcoming women were. Mm-hmm. I remember Lacey Ellis actually mm-hmm. touching my arm and saying she was so glad to meet me. And I that was the first time I actually had been in a circle of supportive women. Mm -hmm. I actually had not experienced that in my life before. My relationship with women was based usually in competition. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I had two close girlfriends from childhood, but aside from that, it was, it it was based in competition. Mm -hmm. And so that was, um, that was a huge part. And then the other thing was just getting there. I'll never forget. (laughs) This is going to sound crazy, but the first meal like uh-huh. watching all of these like beautiful fit women being like, I'll have more guacamole. I'm going to get the enchiladas. I'll have uh-huh. a glass of wine. <laughs> and I honestly wasn't used to being around women like that. I was used to being around women who were like, I'm going to oh. have a salad, hold the cheese, like this mm-hmm. constant mm-hmm. like preoccupation with yes. physical with- appearance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, what is this? Like, that this- dieting culture. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Competitive dieting culture. And I was just like blown away by these women who number one looked beautiful. But then as that time went on, I was like, my God, they're like real. Mm-hmm. And they eat plates of enchiladas. <laughs> like, no one's Lots talking of about them. Like these are my people. It's <laughs> like, they taste good, you know, and there yes. was no shame, like this culture yeah. of shame just wasn't yes. present there. And it was like, I was completely blown away mm-hmm. by the concept of women being in a circle mm-hmm. and supporting each other. And that is actually where, 
the basis of my, to this day, like, my really solid, they don't even feel like friendships, they feel like soul relationships Mm -hmm. started with women there. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so cool. So that's, that's how that retreat impacted me. Yeah. And then to be around that, I was able to be okay with, like, looking at myself. That was the start of me saying, like, what's all this stuff you need to kind of look at? And I had never done that before. Like, for me to even verbalize some of the things that I did about myself that weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. like, so steeped in shame. It was like, God, can I even, like, say this or, like, put it down on paper? Uh-huh. But it didn't yeah. seem scary when I had women yeah. there around me. And sharing their similar yeah. stories, their, yeah. probably. Yes. So, yeah. And their struggles with, yeah. the, with the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, why, like, why do you think this is, you know, and I feel like I get kind of... um. I get, like, sometimes I feel like I live in a little bubble, like this Ula bubble, where it is like, I'm like, women are wonderful, but Mm -hmm. I kind of forget that that is, like, not always the experience that women have with other women, because I literally surrounded myself pretty much everywhere, my work, my friendships, like, with women that I trust and feel safe with. So what do you think it is about, like, what has created this situation that women feel this sense of competition among each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that about? So from my perspective, um, I firmly feel that that is rooted in what, you know, some people may call the patriarchy. I'm yes. not going to use that word today because it has a lot of different connotations for different people, but what I call it is like this male model of success that's been there in our existence, our country, I mean, Mm -hmm. forever, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what everything is based off of. That's what our media is based off of. That's what our jobs are based off of. It's like this male model of success. So it's like that is telling us, um, we think that women should look this way because it's pleasing to this model of success. Mm -hmm. And that's then put out to all of us in all these different ways. And it pits us against each other because no one's Yes. Giving us permission. And I think that many times women haven't given themselves permission to say like, we don't believe that we reject that model. Yeah. So, and I just think it's invasive in so many areas of our lives from our jobs Mm -hmm. to the way we raise our children to the narratives that are put out through the media, TV, everywhere. Yeah. Uh And I mean, it has, I feel like it has changed. It is changing, but that I firmly feel like that's what causes competition between women. And you are right. Like when you move away from that and surround Mm -hmm. yourself with women, that don't, it feels so foreign mm-hmm. when that happens. And it's hard. Like it's, I've struggled with that actually, even this year, um, dealing with women that aren't usually in my circle that get, you know, competitive and aggressive. Yeah. When I'm like, what, why? What's happening? Right. Why do we need to be this way? We don't actually, I don't want to be this way with you. Yeah. Right. All. Right. Right. I just want them to come to an ULA class. Like yeah. I want people to, like, <laughs> to feel that communal. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny too, because for Kaylee, I remember when we first, when I first started working with her, she was like, I love women. I love working with women. And mm-hmm. I was always like, what? Yeah. Cause you don't typically. No, like- I don't really, I don't trust women in general. I've had bad experiences with women in the past. Nothing against you women. Um, but just, it, it has been very competitive and then when I came into your circle and to this whole Ula thing, now when you talk about it, yeah. I'm always like, oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. We don't like women. You know, or you know what I mean? Like yeah. I forget that we have that competitive stance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because here we don't feel that anymore. Mm-hmm. At all. No. And we hear that about no. the circle work all the time. Yeah. The women in the circle. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Just about how they usually don't trust women. Yes, right. They start, we always start every training, every empowerment group, every workshop, every retreat. We start with a circle. Yeah. And every time, inevitably, there's one, two, three, four, five women that say, I am very uncomfortable Uh being in the circle with all these women. Well, sure. It's their inse- it's their insecurities that have been put on them by like Absolutely. this model of mm-hmm. success that's been out there, and it's just we unfortunately we've been taught to project that towards other women. Mm-hmm. We compete for men. We compete for jobs. Mm-hmm. We compete for who's the best Pinterest mom. Like there's all yeah. these levels yeah. of competition. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fascinating that women don't put on each other. Mm-mm. So yeah, uh-huh. it's it's really interesting. And you know, I um, so I, I want to actually tie in our previous podcasts um, topic into kind of my experience with all of this. And um, so when I was talking in the last episode about my like cyclical um, anxiety mm-hmm. um, that I had, it was like this pattern of thought that I couldn't get out of. So what happened when I was like in my young 20s is like I started losing a ton of hair. So like... Like it just, I just remember it happening one day where I started brushing my hair and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a lot of hair in my brush and like in the drain. And it was like, it was, it was stressful, but I had so much hair that it didn't really matter. And as more time went on losing this insane amount of hair, like it got to be really stressful for, for me and it created a lot of anxiety. And so what happened is like, I would be afraid to get up in the morning because when I lifted my head off the pillow there would be like a pile of hair and then I'd have to shower and like do my hair and I just like I just got into this like state of panic and yes it's just hair but for women like hair represents beauty and health and youth and youth and as I was like losing all of this hair in a way it literally felt like Well, I was so scared of like actually going bald. And what that triggered more than anything else was like, what is going to be my female value? Mm. Oh yeah. Very well said. And and also because I was, I mean, I was young. I started in my early twenties and I also felt like I had just like recently started dating this man who's now my husband, but he was like attractive and charming and intelligent. And there was something like very deep in my psyche that thought if I like lose my hair and I'm not beautiful, then what do I have to offer? What am I like carrying my weight in the like relationship obligation between a man and a woman? Mm-hmm. And, and honestly so much actually, and I, and I'm just now kind of getting through my shame. I even like maybe a couple years ago, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying this like in a podcast, but I realized that I had so much shame tied into that, that whole idea of like, losing something that is is considered very important for for a female and and beauty and without having gone through that experience again I don't feel like I would be doing the work that I need to be doing because it takes sometimes it takes this like death in order to 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 find the rebirth into something that's more important and I always feel like Um, you know, God or the universe or whoever, like gives you these really strong lessons so that you can be like, wake 
up. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's like, oh, I had, a, I had these like physical, like pretty important physical wake up calls to, to really tell me, Kaylee, you've got to get below the surface. Mm-hmm. You have to get below the surface. But I think in so many cases, society wants to keep us at the surface because it's, it, oh, it's point. scary when women say, you know what, I'm going to reject this notion because there is so much more to me and there's so much that I can actually accomplish and do when I'm not so concerned with just my appearance. I'm not so concerned if am I pleasing to you or am I not? Mm -hmm. And I think like, I think more than anything, me kind of being afraid of losing or, or actually like it was such a like symbolic of losing this thing made me be like, okay, all right, where are we going with this? Like I I had to almost shed a layer to tap into my, I don't know, my sense of power. Mm -hmm. And sense of self, the core sense of self, because there's a lot of psychic energy that goes into, you know, being a female. Totally. Don't you think? Yeah. Like we spend a lot of energy, like what, like you were talking about, like, should we diet? Should I, should I get fake lashes put on? Should I go to the treadmill again? You what know, are people going to think if I eat my whole dinner? Right. I just exactly. bought the tater tots. You know, <laughs> I remember going out to dinner with my, my um, husband's mom and she was always like half a salad. Right. I'm like half a salad. Yeah. Holy cow. We're really taking it <laughs> up a notch here. I'm like quarter. <laughs> <laughs> no dressing. Competition. <laughs> Competition. Totally. But it's yeah. funny because yeah. the males aren't like that as much. No, they are. Appearance. Not with it. But even like, even if you have like young males together in a group, like we've talked about before, uh-huh. it's always like the best male, like they're like, follow him. Mm-hmm. That guy's good. You know, if there, someone's good at a sport, they're like, there goes John, follow him. Like you go help John. Yeah. But with females, there's a best female in the sport and everyone's like, mm. Oh, Betty's so good. Well, watch me kick this. But they're not, it's a weird, it's weird how we're, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really identify with what you were sharing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's that idea that, you know, are for many, many, many women, hopefully not the generation that's coming up that we're raising. I do see like a distinct difference there. But Mm -hmm. this this idea that's been ingrained in us that our self-worth is determined by our appearance. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know for myself, I'm not faulting my mom or my grandmother Mm -hmm. or anyone else. It's just that I think it was the era that they were raised in that your appearance determined your self-worth. I really feel like I was raised that way. I firmly believed that Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. 2015. I could, mm-hmm. I could honestly look mm-hmm. at any point in my life right now and say, the day I was married, I weighed this. The day I mm-hmm. took my law school exam or graduated law school, this was my number on the scale. Like mm-hmm. my entire self worth, and if it was low, then I was good. Yeah. If it wasn't, then I was bad. Mm-hmm. I would go to client meetings or to court, and even though I was mentally prepared and like very accomplished on paper, my idea of whether I was good or bad depended upon my appearance at that time, mm-hmm. and. It wasn't until I was involved with ULA that I realized, I mean, it was a process, but I mean, 2015 wasn't that long ago when you think about being able to do this. Three years ago. Exactly. But it's that constant, like, you know, we do this weekly. We do it weekly. And you're going, you know, three times a week. Like a practice. Around these women that, you know, it's not therapy work or journaling, or at least it hasn't been for me. It's Mm -hmm. actually been... Being around women who I really respect and I look up to that are 
consistently, every time I come here, all of them to a T are giving me the vibe or saying, I value you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not at all based on your appearance. Any mm-hmm. person can walk in that door and it doesn't matter what they're wearing, what brand they're wearing, what they look like. Like it's literally totally. a non-factor. Like you just don't see it here. Mm-hmm. It's a non-factor. Mm-hmm. And it's totally a non-factor. Yeah. And when you're able to like say my self-worth is not based on my appearance. Like when you like with you, mm-hmm. the rebirth and like losing your hair and like having that wake up call for me, it was a slower process, like going through Ula and realizing, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the things that like you can accomplish when you believe mm-hmm. that your self-worth is something that's not tied to your appearance. It's like totally. you break out, you break mm-hmm. out in ways that like you didn't even think you could. Yeah. And you have the Absolutely. energy to do it too. You, you do. You yeah. have this infinite more energy because, because if you imagine all the times you were worrying about like, I'm totally prepared. Well, what do I look like? Exactly. You know, and then, then a lot of energy goes into that versus like when we let go of that and we can say, okay, what's the work we're going to do today? Or yeah. like, this regardless of yeah. what I look like. Like that's a non, it's a non-factor. Like it's yeah. gone from being a non-factor in Ula to being a non-factor in my outside life. Like right so now. So spread. The, yeah, the shame. It's like the shame has just started to fall away. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't one moment, but it was just slowly through yeah. the support of other women in Ula. That That's such a great point away. too. How you're saying how, because sometimes people are like, well, I want it to be in this part of my life. It's like, but you started here mm-hmm. and then it slowly started to fall away. And yeah. then you could generalize to more and more areas of your life because you got, I'm sure you got confident, like in this space, I feel confident this way. Totally. And then suddenly you're like, Oh, I feel confident over here now. Yeah. The work I do with Missoula Rises, if I can just address that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's very much has put me in the public eye, like pictures in the paper and that kind of stuff. And I can unequivocally tell you that before I would have been too scared to put myself Mm -hmm. out there. Being vulnerable was the the scariest thing to me. Um, Putting myself out there physically was frightening to me because mm-hmm. I, I felt out of control. Mm-hmm. If I saw, like now, I mean, I realize that when I'm in the paper, like people take pictures, like they usually post, like put in the worst picture they've taken of you. That's sure, just like what yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, nice. Out of Thank all you. of the pictures, okay. <laughs> Thank you for that one. But honestly, like I can look yeah. at that now. In the past, like I am not kidding. That would have devastated me. Yeah. I would have thought, oh, yeah. oh my god, everyone's gonna think I'm a fat pig and I'm worthless. Totally. And those are the yeah. things I would tell myself every yeah. single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, not a flattering picture, but the substance of what I'm totally. doing. Yeah. Who? who who cares? Who cares? I, I care about it in terms of my health. I will say it that way. I care yeah, about sure. my physical appearance sure. in terms of my health. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing is, like, I have had some medical issues that have caused me to gain weight. But I, it's like, I get it. And it's, I get what it is. Yeah. And I can say, this is what it is. These are the things that I can work towards. Yes. And there's not all this intense shame mm-hmm. holding me down and not doing things because of yeah. that. Yes. Right. Which yeah. is because of Ula. So thank you. Oh, well, I mean, thank yeah. you. Like I've obviously referenced you many times on this podcast. Like my, um, my definition of, um, I, I guess success, I don't know, of doing meaningful work in this space of Ula is, is, is stories like yours where, where a, a, a person can come into this, this Ula space and then gain the confidence or, or whatever, whatever they need to find in that space to then go out and do the meaningful work, to believe in the, in themselves, to, to make change, mm-hmm. to take this, 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 um, these feelings or this concept and then, and then 
move it out into the world in their own unique and purposeful ways like that to me is like that's all I would ever want with Ula and so I, I'm always just like um you know I just your story and and like what you've done with Missoula Rises and just how you've not only um tapped into your own power but I feel like you've really helped other women tap into into their own power as well mm-hmm. and it's just been so incredible to watch do you mind like talking a little bit about like the the the, the female empowerment part yeah. of what you're doing with Missoula Rises yeah definitely I mean I want to because I feel like I necessarily have to for me the work that I do there is so is so intertwined with my Ula relationship it just is that sometimes I almost feel like I know people suffer from imposter syndrome, but I'm like, ooh, I feel like I'm just basically repeating all the stuff I hear in Ula. (laughs) But I'm like, that's okay. It helps people. Um, But yeah, a lot of, a lot of what I actually learned to do here, which was being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and normalizing love. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how else to say it because I think that we're used to doing that here. We It's very commonplace for us to end class with hugs and telling mm-hmm. people that we love them. Mm-hmm. It's commonplace for us to look in the mirror and while we're dancing, say it to ourselves or yell it at ourselves while we're dancing mm-hmm. and others. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not commonplace for people that aren't in Ula usually. <laughs> I'm like, it's not. It after every workout, way. we hug and we cry. Sometimes I cry totally after normal. I go to the grocery store. <laughs> and it can feel, I mean, that when I started Missoula Rises, I just for context, I had never been politically active or involved in any social justice or nonprofit work mm-hmm. before um, President Trump was elected. And it was after he was elected, I had sort of a a mother bear instinct kicked in and Mm -hmm. just thought, you know, there was policies that, you know, he had talked about that I was really concerned about for myself and my children. So it started out with me and I just thought I need to do something because I'm the kind of person that just in order to not feel vulnerable, I I just have to act and take action. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I knew, I knew the day after um, I was actually laying in bed with my daughter because she didn't know that he, she's um, 14, almost 14 now. And she didn't know that he, um, the president had won, and I knew that uh-huh. that was going to be probably hard for her because she was really excited about a female president. Sure, yeah. And um, and also she had heard the things that were said about women by um, our current administration, and so that that yeah. was difficult for for her too to think about that person being a leader. Yeah. Um, and so I was really concerned about that, and I was laying in bed with her trying to figure out how how I frame this so she doesn't feel scared or doesn't feel like we don't have any options. Yeah. And I knew at that point in time that everything that we did, everything that I was going to do, which I didn't know it was going to be this organization. Mm-hmm. I just knew that every action I took from there on out had to be based in love and compassion mm-hmm. and exercising grace because that was the exact opposite of the behavior I had seen exhibited yeah. um, by people I didn't agree with. And yeah. so part of that, then I started this Facebook group of just friends and it just started growing and growing and growing. Mm -hmm. And we have almost 4,000 members now. Mm -hmm. We're pretty active in our community and state. Mm -hmm. Um, and I consistently talk in there about being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. about love and, and, you know, just recently talked about not dehumanizing other people who we don't agree with and oftentimes refer to Brene Brown and, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I quote you a lot. I feel like I can't always tag you. So I'm like a mentor of mine. <laughs> uh, I use the lyrics that we dance to. I mean, yeah. I use Ula for that purpose. I come mm-hmm. here and 
man, those lyrics and the artists, like they just bring mm-hmm. out so much and I'm able to just think and process the whole time mm-hmm. and they strike a chord and it's just normalizing love and having people take action intentionally with love at the heart of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, it's hard to do that. And would you say it's like, what, what a percent of like women and men do you maybe have in this group or, or helping you with some of the things that you have been yeah. able to pull off? So thanks to Facebook, we know what that percentage is. They yeah. us in the group. <laughs> um, we have um, about 85% women and 15% men in the group. Uh-huh. Um, and it is not intended to be that way. It is sure. for everyone. But what I have seen is women consistently stepping up. It's mm-hmm. the women who are organizing, the women that are leading. And I wonder if also it's because women are more, um, when they're given, I'm going to refer to myself as a leader because sure. I am yeah. in this group. Yeah, absolutely are. Sure. When they're given permission by a person who's in a position of leadership uh-huh. to be vulnerable and to love and normalize love. You've seen it in Ula. People just, they eat it up. They want it. They yeah. crave it. And, and they need it. They need it. Mm-hmm. It's that human connection. They mm-hmm. need it. And yeah. they come and they, I mean, we work with so many women that just all work full-time jobs mm-hmm. and they're taking their time to try and do right by mm-hmm. our community mm-hmm. and not trash. We're not here to call names or trash yeah. on anyone who doesn't agree with us. Like that's not our intent. Mm-hmm. We try and understand their position, educate, and then just work in our own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. And we've been incredibly effective at it. You have. Oh my so, gosh, you have. You've oh given yeah. me so Jeez. much hope with your work. Yeah. Like well, you really have. You. Yeah. Well, it's very intertwined. So. Well, and it is. And I think that's one of the, um, I think that's such an important and special piece about um, female relationships. And so just to give you guys an example, like I was here last night and I was getting ready for my class and I've been really, really just raw about what's happening, um, separating the parents. And I was just back here, like on the verge of tears. Cause obviously as, as you can hear, as soon as I start talking about it, I cry. So Aaron comes in and we just started talking and, you know, sometimes I feel, I feel paralyzed and I feel helpless and I, I don't know what I can do. And you just like, you just like took me and you said, Kaylee, like, you're like, don't stop moving, you know, and and you quoted back to me Ula lyrics that we use in class and you, you quoted them back to me and you, and you told me all of these things that are, are moving forward and that we can do. And so, and so it was like this, this beautiful, like circle thing that I could just like feel like, and like wrapping me up because, you know, maybe these lyrics hit you in class. And then when I was at my low point, you could come back and say, okay, but here's what we're doing and using those lyrics back to me. And I I think one of the, one of the things about um, women is we are, we are by nature, we're cyclical. Think about our, our periods, our cycles. Everything is very cyclical with women. And I think that one of the beautiful ways that women can support one another is in this in this really um, nurturing, cyclical nature where, and I just felt it so strongly last night. You know, I just felt it so strongly with you. It's like, it's like we, we just need to be there for one another. Mm-hmm. We just need yeah. to be there for one another. And... Um, and, 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 and I think that with the work that you're doing with Missoula Rises, you've also taught me that there is so much that individuals 
can actually do mm-hmm. because sometimes it does feel helpless and sometimes like for you know that the podcast episode we recorded about like the weight of the world it just weighs heavy on me and and people like you are are so um gosh I just need you in my life because you say okay well take that anger take that take that feeling and now here's what we can do about it yeah and it's 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 just I just I am so grateful for you thank you in that way like and it is cyclical, right? Because I have to come back here to Ula, to the people that are in Ula to sustain me and to not just sustain me, but this is where I actually, to be honest, get the majority of like my creative ideas for my work mm-hmm. is when I'm dancing mm-hmm. and listening to the lyrics. And um, it, in terms of like women in circles and that cyclical, and I just want to say something before I yeah. address that yeah, is... Sure. Um, that, that feeling that you create with women, and I think that the physical movement when we do that in ULA is actually just a huge part of that. Like we're, we're, we're vulnerable and we're moving together and we're moving all of our body parts and no one's judging anyone. And then just the unspoken relationships that are created in those mm-hmm. rooms when we dance together. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. I don't even really know how to articulate it to people who don't do it. But when I'm feeling at my lowest like I'm just like how maybe you felt last night yeah. or in other areas. Yeah. I know for a fact that my friends slash soul sisters that I've created through, if I call them and say, can we just go grab a cup of coffee yeah. or have lunch? They are literally like a soothing balm on mm-hmm. my soul. It's like they, yeah. there's this thing, this connection that's created when we are dancing and moving and to all those lyrics together and affirming each other. They yeah. just can't be replicated. It's, yeah. I'm so grateful to have just, that it's that nurturing feeling. Yeah. And we don't have to talk about the issues, just like physically no. being around. No, them. no, totally. And that's okay. such an elemental human thing that yeah. somehow we've lost as we become more and more civilized, I think. Yeah. Is that the connection of synchronized movement to music in a community. Mm-hmm. But that served a purpose for a long, long time for it humans. Did. So tribal. And somehow we, we lost that in, in circles. circles. Yeah. And we, we, yes. we moved away from that for whatever reason. But when we feel it, it's almost like you tap into the ancestors. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know when you're doing it. Yeah. It feels like, and it almost then, it is like, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm no longer just this little human. I'm part of this group Mm -hmm. and you totally understand that connection but it'd be hard to do it if we just use verbiage like I feel connected to you yeah and I feel connected to you and so that's where when we have women which I've tried to do through Missoula Rises like that aren't dancing with us and doing Mm -hmm. that we have to be able to model how like that circular relationships work for women and I just was thinking about this example when you were talking about is it okay if I share an example of that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so in January we um helped Missoula Rises helped plan the women's march in Missoula and um, we had like over 3,000 people that showed up. It was pretty, I know you guys were there because we had Ula do, the <laughs> yeah. do some flash mobbing, but yeah. um, it was incredible. It was we huge. actually pulled that entire thing off in less than two weeks wow. from start to finish. And That's we had amazing. sound systems, stages, yes. porta potties, like, yeah. you know, we had guards that were helping the people across the street. It was like incredible. And the, the way we pulled that off is um, I'm a firm believer that you definitely lead without ego, meaning uh-huh. you step back and allow space for leadership when you're working with 
people. Uh-huh. And we just kind of got this thread going of these women that are kind of loosely with other organizations. It was the most incredible thing, honestly. Like, we've saved that thread to archive because I'm like, I feel like this should be somewhere in a history book. Yeah. The complete circular leadership, there was probably 20 to 25 women. Wow. That just... It was on a Facebook thread, and we planned the entire thing, and there was not one alpha leader. Not one. Wow, wow. But we got everything done, and That's it was amazing. so uplifting and empowering, mm-hmm. and... And it totally went smoothly. It did. I mean, yeah. it was and there was no smoothly. headbutting. There was yeah. no... There was no ego involved in that, and it was, like, just helping model that and yeah. saying, you go, you go, what do you want, listening to people, and, uh-huh. and you know, then... Cre- so now I've created these relationships with those women, uh-huh. and we still now do like plan stuff together. Yeah. I know I can rely on them. They know they can rely on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. I mean, wow. it's really cool. That is, yeah. that's awesome. So would you say like you feel things shifting on a larger scale of women stepping into leadership roles and like finding their voices and, and all of this? Like, do you feel that changing? I do feel it changing. I mean, I think we've seen that um, just even with the Me Too movement this year. I feel like that's women are stepping up and finding their voice. But one thing I think is that's critical to that is that when women are doing that, we're doing it on the ways in which we know how to lead. And I think it's critical that we are not then trying to follow or emulate that mm. male model of success. Yeah, good mm-hmm. idea. That's a losing formula for women because it's not instinctual to us. Right. What's instinctual to us is circular leadership. Like it I is. just talked about. Yes, yeah. that's right. And so I think if we, when we are stepping into those, it is changing. Uh-huh. And I think that that's the critical part of it is that we, as women that then become leaders, we are continuing to model that and to do that it is absolutely going to change because the girls and the boys equally that we are raising I just feel like are raised under such a different mindset than yeah we were ever yeah given access to yeah mm-hmm. yeah and that's so promising oh my gosh it really is yeah yeah it, I mean I look at my daughter's friends like boys and girls alike uh-huh. and I know their parents and uh-huh. I'm sure you feel the same way Bernice yeah you'll see it too like just listening to the things that their kids talk about and the way they frame things. Uh-huh. Girls are not anymore like, oh, I wonder which boy likes it. They're not oh, cool. obsessed with boys and looks and all of that. Like, they're way more – it's just not that way. I'm not yeah. very articulate about that, yeah, but it's no, that really cool to see that shift. It feels very different. And boys, like my son, who's 11, they're, they don't see women as less, no. you know, or more. It's yeah. just like everyone feels very equal. That's awesome. It's like, well, Brandy said this in class, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, well, that because I'm like, and he's, he's like, she's very smart, very gifted, you know, but it's not like, and he doesn't feel threatened by that either. It's like, well, it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, we should listen to her. Yeah. You know, and it was just like, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, that's so promising to it hear. Is. Yeah. Things yeah. do need to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like um, also just giving the boys permission to that they don't have to necessarily lead that they don't have to be better that they don't have to you know all the stuff that I feel like we're we're like pushing or have in the past pushed our boys to be yes just giving them that more fluidity to to you know to step in and out of roles and positions and 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 maybe just hopefully we start to see this like more of this this um I don't know, this fluidity between the genders mm-hmm. as well. And more egalitarian, too, ter- too, in terms of, like, how we work with each other. Yes. And that, of course, that we, that males can learn to use a communal approach as well. 
Yeah, Do you so know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that that totally. they can also work want, yeah, yeah, in yeah. that same style. So part of that is like bringing um, boys and men along with us as we are finding our voices mm-hmm. and empowering yeah. our daughters. I mean, that's the one thing I always feel a little bit... Um, you know, leery of is just strictly female empowerment because it does necessarily include our boys and it includes our husbands um, Mm -hmm. and all of that. And that, you know, toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. is, it's a very dangerous thing for boys to think they can't cry. They can do this. They can't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially when you use, I love that term, like the fluidity between the genders, Mm -hmm. it becomes more and more important as um, it's becoming more normalized with, you know, non-binary genders and transgender. Totally. And we have to have that fluidity to respect mm-hmm. each other as humans. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's a large part of it. Yeah. But, like, bringing the men along with us is critical. And, like, one way that I – so in my law firm, mm-hmm. um, I was, until very recently, for years and years, the only female attorney and the only female partner. Yeah. And we finally just have a new female partner. I didn't know Yay! that. Katie Duffin, which I'm just thrilled to have her oh, on. She's awesome. amazing. Oh, um, cool. But we didn't, um, you know, we didn't have a good maternity leave policy. And mm-hmm. that was one thing I was like, we need to fix that. Like, we need mm-hmm. to give women time off. And it's not just for attorneys. It has to also be for our staff. Yeah, sure. I mean, everyone sure. gets um, four months paid. Oh, my God. And so oh, good for you guys. Actually, yeah. Which is what we could do. And yeah. But part of that was it wasn't just for women. We needed to normalize parental leave, too. Right. And that's what I have found to be the most helpful, at least in my professional career, is in order for me to be able to find my voice and empower other women in my job, it's like also Mm -hmm. empowering men Mm -hmm. and saying, you should also be at home with your kids when they're sick. You should also be going to their programs. You should be doing these things too. And we, I feel like we really normalize that in our Uh home, which has been- Which is great. That's amazing. It's so much healthier for families and it's bringing- us all along together. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, what I know about all of our marriages is they're all very equal. Yes. <laughs> you know, like. They I better think, be. Yeah. I think that, yeah, yes. they're all very yes. equal marriages. Yes. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I'm, I, you know, have my third girl on the way and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that they have a father figure to show what that looks like, to mm-hmm. show that, you know, there's equal parenting and there isn't this necessary, like, um, gender role thing. That's, right. Although I will say I definitely like inside chores more than outside. <laughs> yeah. That's your personal <laughs> There are preference. some things, there are some things that I'm like, I go deal with the garage stuff. Like, yeah. I, you know, like there, there are definitely things, but those are my personal preferences. But for the most part, it's very, um, it's, yeah, it's it's really um it's interesting to hear some relatives be like, "Wow, like your husband is like really good or like you should be very grateful that you're." And I'm like, "Whatever." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am grateful, but it's like this is I think also what these younger and younger generations are just kind of expecting yeah. from their yes. relationships. It, yeah. And the older generations yeah. are kind of like shocked by how much the dads are, are, are having to do. Yeah. But, like they're like, Oh, well, but you were traveling a lot last month for work. I'm like, oh, yes, I was. Yes, I was. Yeah. Yes, I yes. was. Well, yes. what that does. But my husband is home for working moms. <laughs> having that equality that's becoming again, more normalized, hopefully in marriages and with parenting. Yeah. Is it also for working moms takes off this like narrative of the working mom does it all. She can have it all, which is mm-hmm. such a dangerous thing to promote oh, for women geez, yeah. because it's, I mean, you guys talked about that in another podcast. Mm-hmm. It's super unhealthy and mm-hmm. you shouldn't be trying to do it all. Mm-hmm. If you're working full time, you need help at home. Totally. And if you're not getting it, 
then hire someone to do it for mm-hmm. you. Right. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, I to totally agree. Get it's, someone to help you. Get someone you. to yeah. help you. Um, yes. yes. Because it's ridiculous for us to say, you yeah. can have it all, but you are not attending to yourself. Right. And right. That's really because that's you. what gets left out. A, not a good mom and no. not a good yeah. wife and not good to yourself. So... Yeah. Yeah. And, and also like we do travel a lot for work. You travel a lot for work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also part of the guilt can lessen when you're like, they are in just as good of hands as they are with me. Yeah. Maybe you know, better. It's like, yeah, totally. And, <laughs> and I think that there's yeah. also this, we yes. also have to empower and believe that they are just as equal of a parent yes. as we are. That is not like, I feel so guilty. The husband, you know, my husband is at home with the kids. Well, I'm like, no, who cares? You're we should be in relationships where we know that if it's us or if it's the father, the kids are very well taken care of and everyone is everyone yes. is doing okay. And there should be this, you know, not this, should, but at least in our marriage, there's this like, there's this ebb and, ebb and flow of like, okay, I need to be gone these times. And the other partner isn't making you feel guilty yeah. about that or, or you're not feeling guilty. And we're modeling that for the younger generations for these I love that. Young I love women my kids get to see this. But yeah. we, and women do. I think this is, can be the challenge. We have to be okay with surrendering that control and letting it go to with our husbands. Totally. Um, especially when you, when they are taking care of the kids or yeah. stepping up. I mean, I used to be like this. I'll just straight up admit it where I would, um, you know, I would let, I'm saying that in air quotes for people yeah. who can't yeah. see me. I would <laughs> let George, you know, do things for the kids or do things around the house. But I would be like looking to see how he did it not the way that yes. I would do it. And then yeah. I would make sure that like he knew that. And I don't yeah. know why I was doing that yeah. other than I wanted to retain control. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's a good that. point. Yeah. yeah. And I have gotten to the point where I'm like, why am I undermining him as a parent? Right. He has every right. He has every right to parent them his way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not have me criticize him. Yeah. And it's not good for my kids to see that. Right. And it's just extra stress on me. Yeah. Totally. So just let them do it. Yeah. Yeah. Let them do it their way. And I like, they get to learn a different way. Too. I feel it's like, like I feel like when my kids are with their dad, I know that kids are in great hands. Sometimes the home is not in as the good home. Hands. Yeah, one time. You no, know, but I, I, it's like I don't question him as a parent. No, you know, I no. question him as like a, a as dishwasher, a, as a home <laughs> yeah. caretaker. I mean, that's like a, one time we had a cleaning lady come in and she called me. I was on a trip and he had the house and the kids and we had five kids at home at the time. Oh and gosh. she called me and she said, "I think someone has broken into your home." Oh gosh. And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> And she said, it is, it's like someone is just, it's just a, someone has rifled through everything. Everything is thrown upon the floor. She was super worked up. No, no, honey. No, that wasn't it at all. It's just my husband and the five children. That's, that's, that actually, honestly, we laugh about this, but that actually used to be like a point of extreme marital contention between George and I was like, when I come home, the house is a disaster because it it felt like a personal affront. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is why I actually hired the house cleaner. And I will tell you, as Beatrice got older, um, like I said, she's almost 14 now. She knows, like, my language of love. And my language of love is when I come home, I want the house in order. Yeah. It makes me feel crazy. Yeah. And she does it for me. And I love her for that. I love her for that. Yeah. Well, and it's like taking care of your mental health, too, because, like, you know, and that is. That's, yeah. that is definitely a form of love. Like I feel the same way. There's, um, who is it that makes the, um, the mugs? Is it Emily McDowell? Emily McDowell. Emily yes. McDowell. She had some card or something the other day that was like, like what I hope for you in your marriage. And it was like that you fall in love with someone who has the same level of cleanliness as you. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that, that's the one, that's the one piece that's like we're missing. We didn't quite get that. But anyway, okay. we're straying from female empowerment that's here. Right. But, but I, I, I just like, um. 
I do feel comforted by the trends that we're seeing. I do too. I definitely feel comforted by that. But I do, um, I, I, I do just feel so much gratitude for you and other women who are actually stepping into these leadership roles mm -hmm. and leading, leading by example of how this can be done and how you guys are making some serious movement with your leadership style and, um, I mean, you especially with Missoula Rises, but with the with love at the heart of of what you're doing, and it it's radical in a way, but it's also just like so right. I mean, it's it yeah. it's just beautiful to watch, and it does give me hope because I feel like there are so many things right now that are feeling hopeless or, or that just feels so hard and unchangeable and unchangeable and I feel like the comfort that I'm getting is 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 seeing and that's the beauty of what you do is you give us direction and you give us direction I think but because, that's a good leader yes that's a good leader because we we are worked up I mean we're, we're, we're in this time of darkness which mm -hmm. isn't so bad because of course it ignites us and makes us change it makes us work for change mm -hmm. but sometimes if we don't have leaders that give us direction we're just like we're just like people running on little, you know, rat wheels. Running. Oh, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. Go get off the wheel and come down this path. And we're like, oh, thank you. Totally. It's just hard. I mean, it's harnessing that energy. It's harnessing yes. that energy. Yes. It is. Yeah. I think that, like, leading with love when you say that, I think it's... It's not revolutionary. We've seen other, like, really incredible leaders like Martin Luther King and Gandhi lead with love. I actually feel like it's more revolutionary for for women leaders mm -hmm. to lead with love because typically for women to be successful leaders, again, they're having to yes. model themselves after that male model of success. Yes. Which means somewhat combative. Talk hard. Can I use the B word? Be a yeah. bitch. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. You know, use, I see that a lot in my profession. Yes. Yeah. And that's how women feel that they need to get, not always, this is a broad sure. sweeping generalization, but sure. traditionally we have seen that. And it feels more revolutionary, I think, to see women come out. And we're seeing more and more and more of that on a national yes. level, global level, local level. Like with you are obviously a leader in love. And, of course, with Glennon Doyle. I mean, we mm -hmm. see them all over the place. Mm -hmm. right. Valerie Cure and... Yeah, that's and there's an expectation that we're going to fight. Like, people are like, come on, you want to fight? And it's like, no, we don't want to fight. No. We want to change. We want to make change. That song, Unraveling. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. yeah. I'll never forget the first time we danced it. It was yeah. the weekend after Trump was elected, and there was yeah. a training weekend here. Mm -hmm. And Annie from Alaska, hi Annie, <laughs> was hi, here saying with me. And I remember we danced it out there, and uh -huh. I was like taken by the movements, but I couldn't hear all of the little words. But yeah. I went home and looked up the lyrics to that. And you know, the words that are, that the women are saying yeah, yeah, yeah. about, I'm not going to fight you. Right, I'm yeah. going to come to you and bring you bread and flowers and make your body move with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how yeah. I feel. Yeah. We're going to make this change together. Yeah. Is by, I mean, revolutionary yeah. love and being, yeah. Yeah. Being there and open for people who we don't agree with. Yeah. Not accepting yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. 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 And holding, holding what holding. we believe yeah. is true and right and yeah. morally and ethically correct. Yep. And we can do that with love yeah. and peace and grace and strength. And fire. And fire. And it does take the fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does take yeah. the fire. But they don't always have to be like, well, come at me, bitch. No. You know, and it's like, no. I'm yeah, not, I'm just going to hold right I'm here. hold you accountable. That's right. With yes. love, compassion, and grace. And I, I just hold up the mirror. Yeah. Here's yeah. the mirror. 
Yep. And they're like, oh, I'm like, that's all. Yeah. Look in. And then come join us. That's right. <laughs> and then come join us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah. joining us in this thank conversation. We're so honored to have you. Yeah, here just today. so honored to know you and to be in your in your community. Your um, circle. You are just one of the most um just like powerful, but in, in just in, in this loving way, just, just, I, I admire you more than, more than most people. I mean, you, you are, you are at the top of my list of, of just really, really, um, just inspirational women. So thanks for being my mentor and my friend and thank you. Yeah. And giving thank us you. direction. Well, yeah. it's obviously yeah. not to make this big love fest, but it's totally circular. <laughs> Why <I> not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that it's circular because I refer to you consistently, you and then the ULA leadership team as my, the only way I can think of to phrase it is my soul mentors. You mentor mm. my soul mm-hmm. to help me keeping in the right direction and doing the right things and staying on course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to share this. Can I have time? Yes. Of course. Yes. At yeah, that absolutely. first um, retreat in 2015, it was the first circle we did and, um, where we were going around and I remember that was my first experience with a circle time sharing thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember looking at you and I think I might have verbalized this, but I remember thinking, I can't imagine what it would be like to be Kaylee, to be a person that like impacts all these people that she doesn't even realize, like mm-hmm. how she's impacted and it just feels really like crazy to then sit across from you now and feel like that's been extended to me and then the other thing I do remember from that retreat was Sammy saying and I couldn't quite comprehend at the time but I do now saying like um you know when you learn to love yourself like that love can just come up and it radiates higher and higher and higher like on different Mm -hmm. levels and frequencies Mm -hmm. and of course I couldn't fully grasp it then because I didn't practice Uh self-love um but once you do, it's like you are able to move outward in ways that you just didn't know existed. Yeah. Move mm-hmm. that love outward. So. Yeah. So oh. true. Yeah. So yay true. Yay, Ula. Yay, Ula. And I mean, yay, yay, for, yay for you just showing us what that looks like. And here's the thing. I step into your power women like it it is there it is it is all around us and i i just i'm so excited to think about what this world can and will be when women act out of love and when they take that fire and that fuel and the heart we'll be able to move mountains and we already are so yeah. thank you for thank mm-hmm. you for showing when you're i just have to add one little thing to that one little tip Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're yes. acting out of love and women, when you're stepping into your power, when you're doing that, there's actually no need to ask permission. Yes. From anyone. Good point. That's the other model of women's circular good leadership point. We don't actually have to have permission. Yeah. So just remember that, that you don't have to go through committees. That's part of why Missoula rises has been successful as I was like, not, I'm not going to ask if I can call Senator Tester. Yes. I'm going to call him. And yeah, have the confidence that I don't want to talk to the person who's answering the phone. I would please like a meeting with someone else. And then yes. I get to know that someone else. And then I'm like, I'm not asking anyone's permission. But yeah. this is who I need to talk to. Can we please make that happen? And here's why. And just keep going and going. We do not need fake permission, phone permission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good point. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got I love this. that. We got, yeah, we got this. We don't need permission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much oh, for being thanks, here. Aaron. Thanks for everyone listening. Thanks, you guys. Love you guys. Bye.